God's grace, his mercy, his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll read again uh, Hebrews 10, starting at verse 11, just uh, some selected verses. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his his footstool, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. I've wanted to sit for a long time. I wonder if you ever wanted this too, when you just feel like and you wish that you can sit down, right? You've had moments like that in your lives where you've been walking all day, you've been on your feet so long that at the end of the day, you just want to sit and relax and, and let yourself just, just calm down and your muscles not move and not work at all. There are times we just want to sit, I realized how valuable sitting was, or my desire to sit when I was in college, when I decided to work 12-hour shifts for two weeks straight and work the weekends too as well. After that, you really wanted to sit down and do nothing at all because your legs were so tired and so weary and so weak, you just wanted a break from it all, and so just to sit and almost do nothing because you couldn't. You couldn't go out, you couldn't go and and do anything active because you just didn't have the energy, you didn't have the strength, and you were just tired from a long day's work. And after that, I realized something about myself. I couldn't work so long in a factory for such extended hours without being mentally and physically exhausted. I don't work in a factory anymore. And I don't stand for hours on end. But I still feel like sitting sometimes. This is what I mean by that, and I wonder if you feel it the same way. That sometimes you you keep going, and there's always things that you have to do and have to get done, that there's a constant struggle to stay on top of things, and there's never a moment where you can sit back and enjoy everything that's happening. Or sit back and let everything happen without you being involved and actually continually working out. To sit back means to understand everything is in control. I think a lot of people want that. You think of retirement. That's essentially sitting back after long, hard Times working and finally enjoying and relaxing and having nothing to do or nothing that you're forced to do and only doing what you want to do. In theory, that's what retirement is. But being able to sit back and understand it's all complete. It's all finished. There was an NPR uh, video that they posted about people who did exactly that. They reached retirement and they could do and pick and choose whatever they want to do and not work another day in their life if they didn't have to. It's not uncommon. But what was uncommon about this NPR news story was they were in their 30s. Retiring in your 30s. At the prime of life. 
Just think of that. You can do whatever you want for the next 30 to 50 years of your life, and you're secure, you're financially stable, you don't have to worry about anything. Now, that's the exception, not the rule. But isn't that kind of what we're all working towards? A time when we could sit. A time when you know you don't have to get up next week and go to work again just so that you can pay your car bill and your light bill, your apartment bill, your house bill. You know that you can just sit and, and your kids are taken care of, that they're well-fed, they're grown up, and, and you don't have to worry about them so much anymore. Wouldn't it be great just to sit back and rela- relax and take it all in and finally enjoy everything that you've been working for? Unfortunately, it always or sometimes never works out that way. That some people work all their lives and finally they get to a moment where they can retire, but on the horizon is, well, immobility. They're getting older. Health issues, they have struggles, and all of a sudden everything that you work for seemed to be for nothing at all because you put so much time into it, and now do you get to enjoy it? Maybe not so much. Sometimes we just want to sit. We want to get away from that work week. We want to get away from maybe the the kids a little bit, spend some time by ourselves. We want to get away from these financial burdens. And so we work and we work and we never sit until we do. Well, in that case, you guys sound like Old Testament priests. Notice in our first lesson or first verse of our reading today, our Old Testament priests, it's very specific that when they perform their religious duties, they do it standing. They didn't sit down when they performed their duties. They, they always had to be going, walking back and forth between the people who would bring in sacrifices, lambs and doves, and sacrificing them and bringing it to the altar. They would perform all these duties at the temple and at the tabernacle, and they would constantly be going, and they would never stop. And the frightening thing about that is the thing that they were working for, the, the actions that they were doing, really had no significant consequence. What does it say in there? It says that these priests bringing these sacrifices could not make atonement for sin. They would bring these sacrifices that remind the people of sin and their need for a sacrifice to pay for this huge debt of wickedness and guilt that they had. They would bring them constantly, day after day, year after year, Moment after moment, and they would give these sacrifices, and they would be absorbed into this wicked sin debt that every single person had, and it wouldn't make a single dent. Their actions didn't help them at all in dealing with the guilt that they had. And over and over again, these priests would offer sacrifice. And yet, day after day, they would have to come back and do the very same thing. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result? 
Essentially, that's what the priests were doing. They were paying for this, trying to pay for the sins of themselves or offering the sacrifice for the sins of themselves and of the people, and there would be no change at all. They would still be separate from God. There would still be a list of things that they would have to accomplish and do before they can stand in the presence of God. It consumed them. And that's kind of what everyone, I believe, is looking to appease. This all-consuming debt that we owe, the sin that we've piled up, this wickedness that we've earned, everyone wants to cover that over and make that as if it was nothing at all. You can see it. People, they, they, even us, we have this God complex about ourselves where we think we need to be righteous and holy and we set up a good standard for ourselves saying that we must be better than everyone else. We must take the high road. We must be more loving and pure and righteous. And yet every time we try to hold that standard up to ourselves, what do we find? This big debt of guilt that stands there consuming our every action and deed. And we're going day after day, offering sacrifices for ourselves, trying to make ourselves better. We, we, we listen to our own philosophies of how to make ourselves a more perfect and good person. We open up books that are self-help books that tells us how we t- can look at ourselves and improve ourselves, and yet we look at ourselves in regard to everyone in the world and we see we're no different than anyone else. I've come to understand this about people. They want their actions to mean something. Right? They don't have to change the world, but they want their actions to have some sort of meaningful value. And if they don't, they'll stop doing it. I know I would. If I did something over and over again and I knew it wasn't getting me anywhere towards my goal, I would stop doing it altogether. And that's the definition of insanity, doing it over and over. We can't reach God's love. We can't reach perfection. We can't be better than anyone else in this world because this sin, its debt is so great and so big, we cannot fill it. So stop trying. Stop trying to make yourself a better person. Stop trying to fill your, your desperate need to cover over your guilt by your own works and your own deeds. Stop doing it because there's this little word in our text today that jumps out in contrast to the high or the priest that sacrificed day after day. It says, Christ came and sacrificed once for all time, and what did he do? He sat. Christ sat. A small word that seems very innocuous as we read through this text, but it's a huge word in contrast to you and me and the the priests of that time, Jesus, when he 
carried out his sacrifice, he went and he sat by God. Meaning, it worked. Finally, a sacrifice that worked. That huge debt of sin and that huge appetite of wickedness when Jesus went in our place before God and paid for our sins and died on the cross for our sins, he paid that debt in full. It's no longer something that we have to worry about or work against. He sat. Unlike any other priest, his work was done where he could sit back and he could see his work in his people. So what is that saying? I know God declares me as as holy and righteous, but isn't there something that I must do to improve upon my salvation or to earn salvation? No. God completed you in Christ's sacrifice. God says he loves me, and because of Christ, he loves me, but there's still those sins in my life that that boil up and bubble up that make me feel so guilty and make me feel so bad about myself. Am I missing something? No. Christ brought you to completion. That's why he sat there on that throne next to God. He sat next to a holy, righteous God that had no guilt. And the only person that could sit next to that God was someone who himself was holy and righteous and guiltless. And that was Christ. And Christ says, I have completed you. I have made you that way. So when God says that we're forgiven, I don't feel forgiven. Is there something wrong? No. God brought you to completion. He made you perfect. This is the the pure gospel. Pure gospel that leads us to pure confidence in Christ and perfect peace knowing that everything that I need for my eternal salvation, when I stand at heaven's doors when I stand in death's face, is done already right now for you. You're complete. And that's what we get to celebrate today with saints triumphant as we bring flowers up for those loved ones that have passed away. We don't stand here saying, maybe they made it. Maybe they've done enough. Maybe they've reached heaven. Instead, we say, they have reached heaven They are with their Lord sitting next to him, guiltless and righteous and holy because Christ has made us complete. He has made us whole. He has paid that debt so we can sit and no longer working for our righteousness. No longer worried about our well-being. We can turn and see the need around us, the well-being of our brothers and sisters in the world. Because Christ made us complete. Think of how that changes us. Right now, you can have the confidence 
the heaven is yours. Right now, as you stand before God, if God were to take you, you'd say, why should I let you into heaven? You could say, because I'm your child. Christ paid for my debt. The, the, the sin and the wickedness that we, we dislike as much as financial debt and burden, Christ has done away with. He's paid for it all. And so how can we then stand here and reflect it? How can we show that perfect peace, that confidence? By enjoying it. Reminding ourselves when we get down on ourselves, when guilt bubbles up again, not to slave over it, to say Christ has taken care of it. When you fall into sin again and you struggle over and over and, and, and you wonder if your God loves you, not to be disheartened and lost, but to hear God's message of, it's done. I have made a sacrifice for you once for all. As verse 18 says, there is no sacrifice left for sin. Not one thing you could do that Christ hasn't already done for you. That brings us confidence and hope. That's why we celebrate on Saints Triumphant those who have passed from this life to go be with God in eternal life. That's why we strive towards heaven with the confidence that he has given us. We sit with Christ. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed printed for you on page 5 in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.